0: I'm going to be teaching the word, but I feel like if I do it this way, you would understand it. And that is the purpose is understanding. If you don't get understanding, it's not going to do you any good. So I want to make sure you get understanding. So I want to go all the way back after I give you my subject in series. So you're going to take good notes today because I'm going to need you to take notes. That's what I that's how you help me by taking notes and if i say where i supposed to be now oh you're right here pastor this that's what i need that's the help i need okay all right now let's let's get into the word we already gave you our series acts chapter 26 so anytime i give you that right now you know i'm dealing with the apostle paul ministry so under the apostle paul ministry i have things that i want to show you that's different my whole point is to show you that they are different in, in ministries. Uh, there's, there's a prophetic ministry. You, you, there was a guy asked me one time, he said, do, uh, do you minister on the prophetic? And so you have to understand, uh, we minister the gospel of Christ, and, and the reason why is because our aim is souls. Uh, that is our goal, and our aim is to make sure souls are saved. All right? Now, let's get get right into God's word. We're going to go to uh, our our teaching for today. All right. Uh, Let's go to uh, Galatia. Let's do it that way. The book of Galatia, uh, chapter number 3, and we're going to look at verse 1 through 5. From the book of Galatia, uh, chapter 3, verse 1 through verse 5. Uh, I'm going to do this, this class, I'm going to give this class this one. Uh, I have a couple ways I can go, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you this one. Uh, Galatia chapter 3. I'm just going to use that for my, for my beginning. From the book of Galatia, uh, the Apostle Paul ministry, I'm going to take you through his ministry, uh, is my is my goal. From the book of Galatia, we're going to look at chapter 3. And in chapter number 3, we're going to start reading verse number 1. Galatia chapter 3. I'm breaking in a new Bible also. Another new Bible. Galatia chapter 3 and verse 1. We're going to start reading verse 1. So I want you to read with me because I want, I want you to see in the word where there are so much Confusion in the body of Christ. Now when I say confusion, I'm talking about people who don't know how they saved, Because that's what the confusion is. And the, and the, what happened is they have not yet made it to the apostle Paul's ministry. See they trying to use Peter ministry to be saved. They trying to use Uh, John the Baptist's ministry to be saved. You can't get saved by John the Baptist's ministry nor Peter's ministry. Uh, Neither one of those ministries was for the Gentiles. They were for uh, the Jewish believer. All right, so let's go to Galatia. Now, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the Galatians. All right, now, in his, his main focus is Gentiles. He may end up preaching to Jews at places, I'm going to show you, because he he preached the whole counsel of God, uh, we gave you that, and to teach the whole counsel of God, he had to give you uh, all the way from John the Baptist until the gospel of the kingdom, and he had to bring you into every faith to show you, even into his ministry, he had to show you the whole counsel of God, that was his purpose, all right, but he only, his ministry is to the Gentile. All right, Galatians chapter three. We're going to come to this camera again. Verse number one, he says, oh, foolish Galatians. Now, remember, Paul had had another missionary journey. Paul had already been on one missionary journey and he already had taught the people. But what happened was when he came back, they had, he had gotten them into grace. When he came back, they had gone back to law. All right, now this is, Galatia and verse one, oh foolish Galatia, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? So he called the gospel of Christ, the word of truth, is the truth, before whose eye Jesus Christ has been able to set forth, crucified among you. So he's telling you that's the truth. Christ's death, being the resurrection. You saw this happen. And verse two, this only will I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit. So that's what we're going we're to be dealing with, that, that word there. Receive ye the Spirit. So if, if you take a note, you want to underline that word, because last week I taught you on spiritual life. Some of y'all got it, okay. So last week I taught you what? Spiritual life. Spiritual life. Today I want to show you how to receive spiritual life, but I'm just going to use the word receiving, receiving Spiritual life. You're just going to use those words because I want them all capital if you can do them. Receiving spiritual life. Just three words. But in this spiritual life, the spiritual life I'm going to show you is the Spirit of Christ. Spiritual life, which is the same as the Holy Spirit. All right. Now, we are in Galatians chapter 3. You'd be surprised how so many people do not know this. That's why I got to do it. And verse number two, Galatians chapter three. This only will I learn of you, he says. Receive you the spirit by the works of the law. All right. Now, receive you the spirit by the works of the law. So now you got to go back and underline what are the works of the law. So you got to understand, he's really trying to get them to see how did they receive the spirit? He asked them a question. How did you receive the spirit? Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law? And then he's gonna say, oh, by the hearing of faith. He asked them a question. So that's the question I want for you today. How did you receive the spirit? Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or did you receive the spirit by the hearing of faith? Then he's gonna say, are you so foolish? Have begun in the spirit, Are you now made perfect by the flesh? So he's telling you if it was law, it was flesh. That's under the same realm. If you receive the spirit by the works of the flesh, I'm not the works of the flesh, but by the works of the law, then you receive the spirit by flesh. Have you suffered so many things in vain or yet be in vain? He therefore that minister, he therefore, because that's what Paul is saying. He, therefore, that ministered to you, the Spirit. Now, when I preach Christ to you, what am I ministering to you? The Spirit. So you need to underline that. See, he, therefore, that ministered to you, the Spirit. That's what I'm ministering to you. I'm not ministering to you flesh. I'm ministering to you, the Spirit, because I'm ministering to your Spirit. And then it says, and work miracles among you. Do he it by the works of the law. Now he asks a question. He said, all these miracles that I've been doing, did I do them by the works of the law or did I do them by the hearing of faith? So let's go back and see the works that he's talking about. If you're taking notes, you want to go, go now to the uh, Romans 15 because eventually we're going to be over there. Uh, Romans chapter number 15. So if you go back and look at Paul's uh, works, things that he's done, he ministered the word. So let's go back. Let me see where I want to start at verse 14. Romans chapter 15 and verse number 14 is where we're going to go now. So that's going to go with uh, what I just got through showing you. How, how did I do miracles? Did I do it by the works of the law or did I do it by the hearing of faith? Uh you can put Romans chapter 15. We're going to start at verse 14. Uh, I'm going to go to at least verse 19. So if you're keeping notes, let's go to Romans chapter 15. I'm going to stay with this camera for another moment. Romans chapter 15 verse uh, 14 says, I myself, Paul says, uh, also am persuaded of you, my brothers, that you are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another, Nevertheless, brothers, I have written the more boldly unto you and some short. Remember, he's not, he not going by what was written. If you listen to how he's talking, he's not telling you, see, when you go to Peter, James, and John, they'll say, as it is written. So that means that they are quoting to you the Old Testament. Paul not saying that. Paul said, as I have written. Remember, he's giving you a brand new covenant. So he says, and I myself am persuaded of you, my brothers, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brothers, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given me of God. So otherwise, he's preaching to them the Spirit because God has given him the grace. So if I, if you receive Paul's ministry, you will receive the grace of God. All right, then he's going to give you verse 16, that I, I receive the grace that I should be the minister. He's telling you how he got to be, coming back to the center point, uh, center camera. All right, now, he received the grace that he could be the minister. So you have to understand, if you're going to be a min- in ministry, you must have the grace. That, that's what, if I were you, that's what I put there by my nose. If I'm going to be in the ministry, I need the grace. So whatever I am, I am what I am by the the grace. You got to have the grace to be who you are in the church. See, if you say you're a pastor, do you have the grace to be a pastor? And if you don't, it will kill you. I can tell you what's going to happen. That's how you're going to die. Because you're trying to do something you don't have the grace to do. All right? So watch this that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. So God gave me grace to be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentile. Watch this. Ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles may be acceptable being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have therefore, wherever I may glory, that through Jesus Christ, in those things which pertain to God. Here's his miracles. Remember he said to them, he that worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. See, so that's why if you can't preach the gospel, then how can you undo the miracles? Because both come by the hearing of faith. All right, verse number 18. For I would not dare, Paul says, to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought or done by me. Here it is, to make the Gentiles obedient by words and deed. Here it is, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God. Well, where is the Spirit of God at? What's your subject? Always, when I ask you, you already gave you the subject. I give you the answer, and then I come back and ask you the question. See, if you're going to do the signs and the wonders, how is it done? What is your subject? Receiving, spiritual receiving what? Spiritual life. Spiritual life. So how is the miracle going to be done? Life. No, you don't have to chance to receiving spiritual life. The, how is the miracle done? <laughs> By the Holy Spirit, right? Right, you receive spiritual life, that's the Holy Spirit. So if he's doing signs and wonders, how is he doing them? Right, by the hearing of faith, but it's going to happen because of the Holy Spirit is in him, right? All right, so for I would not dare to speak anything of you which God had not wrought by me, to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders, watch this, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. So if he's preaching the gospel of Christ, then the Holy Ghost will also work miracles among you through the power of the Spirit. The Spirit in him must, must bear witness. See, that's why Paul talked, Peter talked about the man that was healed in his ministry, and Paul talked about it also that he had, the man had faith to be healed. So if you got the Spirit in you, the Spirit discerns. So the Spirit understands. So if somebody else in the church needs something in their bodies or in whatever way, the Holy Spirit would also minister that in that message while you minister in Christ. You don't have to stop and say, Oh, I see this and I'm going to do this. You don't have to. If you minister to Christ, God's going to minister everybody in the church. Let me say it again. God ministers to all your needs in the church when you come to hear the word of the Lord. That's how it's happened. It's happened by the Spirit. All right? And the preaching of God's word. That's what Paul said. He did work miracles among you. How did he do it? Does he do it by the law or by the hearing while you are hearing the word? It happened because of the hearing of faith. It happened while you are hearing the word. That's why if you don't hear hearing the word... You can't get the thing that God has. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. So what you're needing from God happens while you are hearing the word. I just want to make sure you understand. Get a Lord a big hand. I, I want to make sure I start there. All right. Now, what I want to do today is I want to I want to take this, put down the word receive, because that's my key word. Receiving spiritual life so my whole point is how did you get spiritual life see that word receiving there is so powerful how did you get spiritual life now I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna show you I could have named this teaching receiving the Holy Spirit right receiving the righteousness of God See, I could say all kind of words but it's you receiving spiritual life. My job is to show you how you got it. Number one, you received it. Because receiving, the word receiving has its own word. How many know what the word receive means? Let me give it to you to take what's given to you. Now, that's simple, isn't it? That's all you can do. Receiving means what? To take what's given to you. I'm giving you you the word of God. All you have to do is receive it. Now that word to believe, also the same word is to receive because that's how you receive the word. How do you receive the word from the Lord? By believing it. You're just taking what's given to you. All right, so that's simple. You don't have to go do anything. You don't have to make this up. You don't have something from the Lord because you did not receive it. All right, so let me go to work because I want to go to work on you today. All right, now we're going to go back. I'm going to show you about receiving the Holy Spirit, but I'm, I'm, I'm using it as spiritual life because I gave you the, the, the four life. Let me give them to you one more time. For those who will listen to us, I'm going to come to this camera over here again. I'm going to give you the four life. I'm not going to these. You can write them down just but I want to give them to you. Number one, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. God formed man and he gave man. I'm on, I'm gonna, while I'm doing that, I'm going to give you a scripture uh, that I want to give you uh, since you're here this morning. And I think this is going to be really good for you. Uh, I want to to show you something. Uh, It may be for the second class, so I don't know. I may have to see if I find it for you since you're here today. All right, I'm going to find it. I'm going to take time right now and find it for you. Uh, I marked it in my Bible, so... That ought to help me find it for you. Um, Whoa! Look at God good, ain't it? <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Now, uh, let me give you this first. Now, th- let me give you the, th- the four life. And I'm going to give you this verse. Uh, I won't give it to you now because you'll be over there. You won't hear what I'm saying. You know how that go. All right. So, The first life, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, dust of the earth, and he breathed into man's nostrils, watch this, the breath of life. So I'm going to show you that. And man became a living soul. All right. Then I gave you the second life in Leviticus chapter number 17. I gave you verse 11 and verse 14. It said the life of the flesh is in the blood. That's why man was not to eat blood, because the life of the flesh was in the blood. All right, that's the second life. And then Jesus came that we might have life. All right, that's the third life, which is spiritual life. Now, what I said to you, and which I'm going to show you today, you cannot get eternal life if you do not have spiritual life. And what people are teaching you by water baptism is how you save. So what they're really saying is that's how you got spiritual life. And I showed you last week how Christ came and died and gave us his life. I gave you John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief come but for the steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, but I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And then he told you that his his body is, is the bread of life. I am the bread of life. So you cannot get life through water baptism. And that's what people are teaching. So I'm gonna go through and show you the beginning of John ministry where they started baptism. And my message today is to conclude with the Apostle Paul. Are you all ready for the word this morning? All right, look excited, look excited. If you're not excited, just look excited. Hallelujah. Man, I'm going to give you so much word, you're going to be getting up burping in service. All right, if you wanted to. All right, now let me show you just what I just said. Let's go to the book of Job, mark in your Bible, and chapter 33. Job chapter 33 goes with Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. From the book of Job chapter 33, the Spirit of God has made me. I'm going to wait to the screen. That's why I'll be waiting for the screen to come up. But I want to show this to my audience on television. Job chapter 33 and verse 4. The Spirit of God hath past had made me, and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. Let me say it again. The Spirit of God has made me. In the beginning, God formed man from the dust of the ground, man became a living soul. But the Spirit of God, the breath of God gave him life. And the breath of the Almighty has given me life. Everybody seated. How did he get life? The breath of the Almighty. He breathed into his nostrils the what? The breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, I also want to show you while I'm there, because there's a teaching going around. And first Thessalonians in that teaching people think that for us today and they really think that uh, they, they teach first Thessalonians chapter 4 to the body of Christ and it's not it was to the Church of God and that teaching was what happened to a person when they died because First Thessalonians teaches you. Matter of fact, let me just go back and read it before I get my message today. I'm going to come back to Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse number 6 and 7. Uh, let's, go, let's go back to First Thessalonians first because I want you to see this. I don't want to just say it. I want you to see it on the screen. I got people at home. I want you to see it on the screen because there's a whole lot of people believing the wrong thing. Uh, people believing that when, 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 when believers die, this is what they're saying, that God that the soul is still in the body and they put the soul in the body I'm sorry uh, the, I'm gonna show you that God put the soul in the body and God's the only one to take it out but when they come down to first uh, Thessalonians chapter 4 we're gonna look at verse 13 when you get there all right you got your Bible you to follow me along don't don't be like Pastor Crump said no the Bible says. this is why I show you the Bible well, you won't go tell nobody Pastor Crump said. See, you got to change that and say the Lord said. Because you saw it in the Bible. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I'm coming back to this camera. And verse 13. Paul said, I would not have you ignorant brothers. Now, he, he didn't call them ignorant brothers. <laughs> but I don't want you to be ignorant brothers. Because he's talking to the Jewish believer. Concerning them which are asleep. Now, remember, the people are already dead. I mean, how many heard what I just said? He's not talking about people who are going to die today. So what we do in the church is we take the people who died today and we put them in the Bible as some of them that are asleep. See, the Bible 2,000 years ago, let, let let me put it this way. You would not say this when you get ready to divide your inheritance. And you call your children... Minister, your time? All your children to you, and you says, I want to give all of you a hundred million dollars. And who are you going to be talking to? Who, who, who are you talking to? You, who are you going to give a hundred million dollars to? You're not giving them to the people in, in uh, 2,000 years ago, are you? That had nothing to do with this, is it? That's what we do. When God says something, we include the people today. See, he said those that are asleep. If they're already asleep, they're already dead. Right. But we, what the man do is he includes the people here in that, that, that are dead. Them that are dead. He's, he's, he's telling the famine. see, these people that are dead. Now let me show you where, what happens in what he's saying. Because people do not understand what he's saying. He's saying, that girl didn't go to heaven. That boy, that woman, that mother, that father, they didn't go to heaven. I'm going to go put them in the ground. And they're going to wait there until the Lord come. And when the Lord comes, he's going to come with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet of God going to sound, and then the dead in Christ, Dead, are they calling that person dead? I'm going to show you, you cannot be in Christ and be dead. See, what happened is, you're reading somebody else's mail. That's not my mail. Look, somebody said, that's not my mail. <laughs> yeah, the dead in Christ going to rise first and watch. And then, then those that are alive, those who are the one that were living at that time, Everybody be called together with the Lord to meet the Lord in the Now, that's what 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says. I already told you now, I'm not going to be able to go read it again, okay? Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I will. Verse 13, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brothers, concerning them which are asleep, they're already dead, that you sire not, even as others have no hope. If we believe, now watch this here, this is what most people don't understand. If you know what you believe, you know that's not you. Let me ask you a question. What scripture do you believe to be saved? First. Honey, you want to tell us the three things that you believe in that verse? See, there's three things you believe in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. First, you believe Christ died for your sins. You believe he was buried in your place, in your grave, because he buried the old man. And then he rose from, he rose from the dead to justify you, Romans 4.25, right? So that's what you believe. Now watch when you read something else. You know that can't be you because that ain't what we believe to be saved. That's how you got to believe the Bible. See, it's just like I told you before. If you get a letter, and we got a letter in the mail not long ago. We get, couple, we've been getting them, we get them all the time here. People, Other folks mail. There's no need you doing this here up against the window. Because that's not your mail. Once you see somebody else's name on it, you we just took one to the post office the other day and let it mail it back. Or It doesn't make no difference what's in it, not your mail. It's the same way when you read the Bible. But most pastors, and I'm not saying to put them down, are ministers, they don't write to divide the word. Everything that's written in the new covenant is not to you. Because you had Jews and Gentiles. And there's something Paul was saying to the Jews and he taught, I'm going to show you, he preached to the Jews the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom was never taught to Gentiles. The gospel of the kingdom was preached by Jesus and his followers, his 12 disciples. Never and Paul, Paul preached the gospel of the kingdom too, but not to the Gentiles. The only thing that was preached to the Gentiles is the gospel of Christ or the gospel of grace. Because that's the only way you would say. So when other folks talk about water baptism, that's law. So when people start talking about bread on the table, that's law. How do I know that? Because Moses taught that. See, it's not hard if you just think by the Spirit. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how to hear hear the Holy Spirit. Most people don't know when they heard heard the Holy Spirit. See, you got the Holy Spirit living inside of you. But you don't know His voice. See, if I'm laying in the bed at night and it's... uh, God says to me, uh, and like he did this morning, because I prayed for you this morning, of course, between 4 and 4.30. And so when, I, when, I'm, when I'm praying for people, other things will come up in your mind. See, when things come up in our mind, we don't know who speaks through our minds. See, that's the thing we don't understand. We hear God saying it, but we don't know that was God. See, God don't say, good morning, thus saith the Lord in you, get up and go do something. That's not God. But you will hear what he says. But do you know that was God? There are times you'll hear God say, call brother so-and-so. But he doesn't say it. He doesn't use the word call. He just brings up the name. And you heard him bring that name up. And you'll come out and say, oh, you know what? I should give Brother So-and-so a call. I just thought about him. Why did you think you thought about him? (laughs) Or you haven't seen them. Oh, you know what? I thought about Sister So-and-so. I was seeing her in a long time. Why do you think you're thinking about her? You think that's you? See, you don't know when the Spirit will tell you to do something. You could be on your way home, and the Spirit of God can tell you to go a different direction. And you'll say, I'm not going that way, Dave. I'm going to go this way. You know why? You just heard that. But you didn't know the Lord was telling you because something's going on down there. See, we don't know. We don't listen. If you'll just listen... I heard a guy sing a song We was growing up. He didn't know what he's saying, but it's not a bad, bad if you got the spirit. I should have followed my first mind. Y'all a little, little young for that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but that's where you have to discern. See, what the mind, what you're hearing in your mind is where you have to discern. Let me tell you what it means. If, if I hear my mind says I'm flipping through a TV station I just saw a woman uh, was, wasn't dressed like she should and my mind said oops, go back. <laughs> so you got to be able to discern that oop. No, I'm not going back. You everybody understand that? That's how you got to choose what's good and evil. So the Lord speaks to you through your mind, but also the enemy will too. Now get the Lord a big hand and start listening to God. All right. You know, there are a lot of times the Lord just tells you to just be quiet. And you'll keep talking just like, Lord, I'm sorry. I heard you said be quiet. How I many, how I many, it's simple. That's how God talks to us. He don't go King James. Thou. All right. Now, let me finish this because I'm wasting time here. Not, it's not waste time. It's just I got so much to do. All right. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians, that's what I was giving you, right? Did I finish giving you Job, right? You got that Mark your Bible, Job 33, 4? All right. Don't forget that. The Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. All right, that was the breath of life, okay? But, but I'm going to show you there's another life after spiritual life, and it's called eternal life. Now, I want to give you the definition for the word eternal life because I don't ever, ever want you to forget it. Pardon? Yeah, I'm going to Ecclesiastes where I am. That's where I am. Thank you for showing me where I am. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. But I'm gonna give you a definition for the word eternal life. Eternal life, and I'm gonna give you the scripture. I'm gonna want to go to that before I close the day of the next service. Is Isaiah 57, verse 15 and 16. Eternal life is life in eternity. Eternal life is. Endless life after the death of the flesh. Let me say it again. Eternal life is life in eternity. Eternal life is life after physical death. And if you don't have spiritual life now, You cannot enter into life after death of the flesh because there's also eternal death for those who do not have spiritual life. See, that's why in the days of of Noah there was only eight people saved. They asked Jesus how many would be saved in his day. And he said with men it was impossible but with God, all things were possible. Because it took God to save man, but now man must now choose life. All right, let me, let me go to work here. So I'm, I'm in Ecclesiastes, right? Let's look at chapter 12. Are you enjoying the word so far? See, if y'all be encouraged there, you know, a little lively there, I can at least get a, more done, look excited. You know, not like you're drinking prune juice or something. Uh, smile sometimes. Look at somebody and say, Smile sometimes. <laughs> doesn't hurt to smile sometimes. I mean, you don't have to talk and preach and stuff. Just have a smile on your face. Nothing wrong with that. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, i coming to this camera, verse 6. Now, this is the body. This is what happened to the body. So he's describing the body. He says, Or ever the civil court be loose. Are we on the screen? Okay. Or oh, the golden bowl be broken. He's talking about when a person die. That's all he's calling it the, the bowl and all that, the pitcher be broken, the fountain of the wheel broken at the system. See, he's just telling you that's what happened when a man died. Verse 7: when a man died, then shall the dust return to the earth. So it doesn't make any difference. Dust thou out, dust thou art shall return. As it was. And the spirit shall return to God and the Spirit shall return to God who gave it. That's very important because that's not what people are telling you in Thessalonians. See, Thessalonians was going to happen because Jesus was going to come back and raise him from the dead, and he did. But that's not for us today. So you read that in, in the Old Testament, he said those that sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. He didn't say he said, sleep in Jesus. If they were asleep, they were dead. The word sleep means dead. You go back and read the story of Lazarus. Lazarus is dead. First he said, Lazarus is asleep. We're going to go and wake him out of his sleep. That's John chapter 11, if you forgot. And he went and he waked Lazarus out of his sleep. But Lazarus, he said, look, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sake. Because he went to wake Lazarus. And how did he do it? Lazarus come forth. See, that's how he was going to raise the dead in that dispensation. But you are not risen like that that and that's not your dispensation. You were raised from the dead at the cross. Follow me, I'm going to make sure I get to that, hopefully. Now let's go to work. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 2. How did they receive the Spirit is what I'm getting ready to show you. If I go back to the book of Acts, Chapter 2, verse 36. Matter of fact, let me start with verse 1. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And I'm going to show you the coming of the Spirit. See, you got to go back to the coming of the Spirit. And then after that, the receiving of the Spirit. The the Spirit came in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Because it left man in Genesis chapter 11. Coming back to this camera. Genesis chapter 11. Uh, 11, the Spirit left man. Matter of fact, it left man also in Genesis chapter 6. God's Spirit would not always dwell with man. Remember that in Genesis 6? All right, well, the Holy Spirit confused man in Genesis 11. All right, let's move on. In in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, we're only going to do four verses because we're going to show you the coming of the Holy Spirit. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. When did the Holy Ghost come? The day of Pentecost. Now that's very important because everything in the Bible was being fulfilled by the Lord because he was fulfilling everything happening in the Old Testament. You have to know, Levit- you have to know Leviticus chapter 23 to know, to know what happened in Acts chapter 2 and the rest of this new book of Acts because Jesus was fulfilling feast days. Say that with me. Jesus was fulfilling feast days. So I want you to read this week, Leviticus chapter 23. And you're going to read the seven feast days. And the last feast day we're called the Feast of Tabernacles. That's when the Lord returned for Israel. That's why when you read the Feast of Tabernacle, they could not live in their houses. They had to come out of their houses, go outside, and they had to live inside a booth, B-O-O-T-H, booths. And while they were living outside, the Lord would come. Jesus taught this. Jesus said it this way. When the Lord come, you would not have any oil for your lamp. Remember that? You read that story and they, when the Lord come they had the virgins. How many were foolish and how many were fri were foolish and five were wise. And those that were wise had oil in their lamp. The one that was not wise did not. So when the Lord came they left and went to buy oil. And the Lord come and they said the Lord is coming. See all oh, that's about Israel not you. And took them away. See, if you read the Bible, you ought to know that's not you. Jesus told the Jews that, not you. Acts chapter 2 again. And verse number 1, coming back to this camera. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Now why why Pentecost? Pentecost means there were some other days has already happened. How How many know the in Levit- you know what that now? Leviticus 23. if you want a sneak and peek. The first one is Christ's death. Those are the first feasts. Christ's death was the first feast. How many know the feast? the name of the feast for Christ's death? See, that's why I've taught this before. Ask you to mark in your Bible. If you look in Leviticus chapter 23, what's the first feast? I wait on you. Say it out loud, I can hear you. Passover. See, if you'll do what I tell you, you can learn the Bible. If not, you're not going to learn anything. You're going to go to church all your life still don't know the Bible. When I'm gone, what you going to do? You're going to turn on the, re- on the television radio? You can't get it now? When you find somebody to know the Bible, stop what you're doing and learn. Maybe the only time in your life you ever learned the Bible. The first, first is Passover. That's Christ's death. So you have to visualize that 2,000 years ago, Jesus died. He fulfilled what? Remember, he came to fulfill every jot, every till of God's law. So when he died, he fulfilled the law of Passover. What's the next? You got your Bible. I'm mean, going to go ahead on. If you, you, you haven't found it this long, Leviticus 23. You do know where Leviticus is at, right? Chapter 23, the next one is the, the bread. Say it out for somebody. I can't, I can't understand you, though. Unleavened bread. Unleavened, you, you, you got a mark in your Bible. Jesus came and said, I am the bread of life. He that eat of this bread shall never die. He came to fulfill the Passover. At first, He died. His body was the bread. So when you believe Christ died, you ate the bread. And then number three is what? First fruits, thank you. Some of y'all know, but y'all won't say you. you gotta get that out of you. You gotta be bold. You bold mean I know what I'm talking about. I'm not scared to say something. That's when you're bold. So the third, the third was for the feast, the feast of first fruits. That's resurrection, Christ's death, bare resurrection, is, is, is that has taken place already. See, you got to understand Christ fulfilling Leviticus twenty-three. So when He came back, it was the feast of Pentecost, not Pentecost. Well, this when the Holy Ghost came, it was the feast of Pentecost. That's number four, wasn't it? Yes, sir. The Feast of Pentecost. Well, that's what you celebrate here. Those are the four feasts that's already been fulfilled. If you go, when you go and look at all the feasts, Jesus had to fulfill every one of them before the end of the dispensation. And the last thing he fulfilled was the Feast of Tabernacles is when he came back. That's all you got to do is read the Bible. You, that ain't hard. But you can't be listening to Tom, Dick, and Harry and Betty Boo and all them them folks. You ever heard heard of Betty Boo, right? Some of y'all ain't old enough Betty Boo. All right, let's move on. Acts chapter 2. Now here we go. And when the day of Pentecost, can you see where they're at now? They're at the fourth feast. I said they're at the fourth feast to come of the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul knew that he would come shortly because he knew the feast, the next feast would be Pentecost. I mean, it would be the Feast of Tabernacles. That's how they all know. Because they knew Leviticus. That's why Paul wrote to you 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 4, verse 13. That's why he wrote that because he knew they would come. He would come. With a shout, why? Because Jesus told you when he come, he would hear the voice of the anger the shout. See if you go back and read that when Jesus came, he told them that they shouted the bridegroom coming. did you hear him shout that? Funny find this for me. Maybe I'll share with him later. Acts chapter two, the Holy Ghost come. And then verse number two, coming back this camera. Verse number two, and suddenly there shined round about them a light from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. What, what was happening? The Holy Ghost was coming, fulfilling the feast of Pentecost. And they appealed unto them, cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you hear that, the first thing you say is they were filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't understand the fulfilling of the Holy Spirit. That's later. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues after the Spirit gave them the utterance. All right, that's what happened. Now let's go down to my, my, my reading now where I want to get to uh, Acts chapter number two and we want to be at verse 36, right? Put on the screen, Acts two thirty-six through 39. Therefore, since the Holy Ghost has come, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for sure that God hath made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. So let me say it this way. Don't drop your cup. He is Jesus, yes. But he's not the Jesus we're getting ready to celebrate this time of the year. So when people put all the stuff in their yard, and I'm not against you putting your stuff in your yard. But that ain't Jesus. Because God made that Jesus. Let me read it again, Acts two thirty-six. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that God has made that same Jesus whom you crucified. He's now Lord in Christ. So when Jesus raised from the dead, where's his seat at now? On the, on the, on the side of the Father, right? He is seated with the Father, right? Where's your seat? Well, you catch on. If he sit there, you got to be sitting there, huh? All right. Now watch what he said, verse thirty-seven. Now when they heard this, when the Jews heard what they had done, they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent. Now you got you got to get this now, because I'm going to take you and show you John's baptism in a moment. This is Peter baptism. See, baptism changed. From when John baptized to Peter baptized. Why? Watch what they're going to say because now Jesus had died. Then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, watch this, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of sin. Well, John didn't do that way. Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now remember how they received the Holy Ghost. Then they be baptized, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says, "For the promise—that's what the Holy Ghost is—a promise—is unto you and to your children, to all afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call." That's how they will say they will call. All right. Now let's look at. Back to Mark. Let's go to the Gospel of Mark because I want to show you John baptism quickly because I'm going to go from here to Acts chapter number 6, 1 through 7. Let's go to Mark chapter 1. We're going to look at John quickly. I will be continuing where I was in our next service, 11 o'clock service. Mark chapter 1. And verse 1. In the beginning, are you there? In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The son of God. As it is written in the prophets. 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 Behold I send my messenger before thy face which shall prepare thy way before thee. So the prophets has already said that God was going to send John the Baptist. That's what they're going by. They're going by what's written. What's written is Old Testament. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John, here's my verse, John did baptize in the wilderness, watch this, preaching the baptism of repentance. What did John preach? Come on, talk to me. What did he preach? He preached the baptism of repentance. He didn't preach in the name of Jesus because Jesus wasn't dead. John just preached the baptism of repentance. Who did he preach it to? We're going to show it to you quickly. Acts 13, 24, quickly on the screen. Who did John preach to? Acts chapter three and verse 24. See what people are doing, they're taking stuff that they're telling you to do and God didn't tell you to do that. And then they turn around and tell you, stay away from old crump over there. Don't go around crump over there. They don't want you to know the truth. Acts 13, 24, put it on the screen. Told you who John preached to. Then hard. Acts 13, 24. When John had first preached before the coming, the baptism, the baptism of what? He preached the baptism of repentance. Who did he preach it to? Come on, talk to me. Talk to me. He preached to all the people of Israel. John did not preach to Gentiles. All right. Now, that's, that was my point. But his message was, he preached the baptism of repentance in, God, in Mark chapter 1 for the remission of sin. Now that's how God did it with John. Come on, say that. That's how God did it with John. See, people got their sins forgiven without the name of Jesus. But it was before Christ died. So they had to repent because they're getting ready to move on, right? Come on now. now I, need you to, I need your spirit. All right, and then verse number 5, Mark 1 and 5. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea, all they of Jerusalem, and were baptized of him in the river of Jordan. What were they doing? Confess their sin. So we don't confess our sin today because we'd be doing John baptism. All right, let's go to Acts chapter 6. See, if you understand the difference in each one of these, you, you would not forget this. Acts chapter 6. See, people want God, put God in a box. You can't put him in a box. He did that with John before Christ came. Now here are six men. God going to use to serve. And these six men will use to serve. Their qualification is found in the first five verses. But let's go to verse 6 because I don't have time to read all that. Verse 6 only. When they set them before them, hear these men, they were already qualified. When they set before them the apostle, they set these men before the apostle, they chose them. And when they had prayed, somebody said they prayed, Pray. they laid their hands on them. See, you said one thing, but you won't say the other. Is anybody listening to me? What did they do? Number one, they what? Pray. And then number two? Pray. They laid their hands on them. Now, why did they lay their hands on them? Go to Acts chapter eight. Why did they lay their hands on them? Because they had to receive something. See, if you, if you follow me along, you'll be able to get this. You won't be confused like 90-some percent of people that live in this earth. Acts chapter eight. And verse number four. I'm not going to be able to go back down there. I'm going to have to start reading verse 12. My clock is ticking on me. Verse 12, verse 12, verse 12. Here's Peter, here's Timothy, here's Philip, I'm sorry. One of those six that were chosen, now he's preaching to a eunuch on the way home. Verse 12 says, and when they believed, Philip preaching, What did Philip preach? He preached a thing concerning the kingdom of God. What did Philip preach? thing concerning the kingdom of God and Amen. so you got to read just read you don't have to worry about it. just read that's the only thing about the Bible you just read you don't have to shun down and figure it all out just read what it says but when they believe Philip preaching the thing concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ otherwise they, 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 believe that they believe and they got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ do you understand when he put both of them in the same verse all right they were baptized, they have to tell you that, they were baptized, both men and women. See, they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then verse 13, then Simon himself also believed and were baptized. He continued with Philip. Now, he began to follow Philip and wondered behold the miracles and signs that were done. Now, when the apostle whispered at Jerusalem heard that Samaria, Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. Now, what they going to Samaria for? Here it is. Whom, when they were come down, they prayed for them. There's again. They did what? And then he going to lay hands on them. Let me say it again. You will say one, but you won't say the other. I don't know why. I I got two fingers up. Number one, they. And they. And they lay hands on them. When they had come down, that they prayed, that they, that they, they had received the word of God. I said they already received the word of God in verse 14. Then they sent Peter and John who when they were come down they prayed for them that they might what? Receive the Holy Ghost. How did they receive the Holy Ghost in Peter, James and John days? They prayed for them and laid hands on them. For the next verse says for as he as the Holy Ghost was not fallen up on none of them only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then, then laid their hands on them and they did what? They received the Holy Ghost. That's how they did it in Peter, James, and John days. They didn't do it like that in John the Baptist days. See, what people want to do is they want God to in a box. God not in a box. I'm going to show you in our day, you you, you don't do neither one. See, people still want to do what they did in the Old Testament. During the days of the book of Acts. And I'm going to show you, they laid hands on them and at that time they received the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost came in Acts chapter 2. So when I, when I get to next, next, I'm going to show you, I'm going to, I'm going to take you all the way through it. I'm going to show you the next four steps and I'm going to show you what happened and why people are trying to do that today. It's not for you today. And you can't put God in a box because I'm going to show you after a while, why Peter was preaching. The Holy Ghost is going to fall on them. And nobody got to touch nobody. See, God's not in the box. We're trying to get God to do this. And I, I saw a guy on television, he said this. He said, you need to go back and be baptized again. That's what he says. You got to be baptized again. What did he, what he talk about? You've been baptized wrong. That's what he say. You've been baptized wrong. You was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. You've been baptized wrong. you got to go be baptized in the name of Jesus. So I want to say to that guy, if he listens to me right now, you got to be saved. <laughs> Baptizing you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost do not save you. Baptizing you in the name of Jesus does not save you. Baptizing you in John baptism don't save you. You were saved at the cross and you need to receive your salvation and your inheritance. My time is already gone. I'm coming to this camera right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The Apostle Paul told us how to be saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And verse number 1 on the screen. Paul said, "Mover brethren, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and where you stand by which also you are saved. He didn't say you're going to be saved. See, we just read stuff into something. That is not what that says. You've already been saved. By grace you are saved Ephesians chapter 2. You were saved at the cross. When Christ died, he died for all men to be saved. When Christ died, he saved all men. Salvation is a free gift. You're not coming to church to get saved. you come to church to receive your salvation. Salvation is free. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver you first of all that which I also received. That's all you can do is salvation, receive it. How Christ died for our sin, number one, according to the scripture, and how that He was buried, number two, and how God raised Him from the dead, number three. That's all you need to do. Those three feasts has already been fulfilled by the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why He said, "Keep the feast." What feast? Christ's death, His burial, His resurrection. All you gotta do is keep it. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do the Passover. See, that's why people want to do the Passover. I want to put the bread on the table. You don't have to put the bread on the table. The bread has already come. The bread has already been in the oven. The bread has already raised up. All you need to do is find somebody who got the bread so you can eat the bread. Come on, stand up and clap your hands. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you.